now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there, thanks for tuning in. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show is brought to you in part by Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Services Modern Mortgage Group, Lori Zorn, insurance manager from Island Savings, and home inspector Carrie Smith from Inspectec. If you need an opinion from experts in insurance, mortgages, or building inspection, you can always give Denise, Lori, or Carrie a call. They're great people to chat with. If you would like to find them, just get onto the CFAX 1070 website. Look under Shows. There you'll find us, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe, and their contact information is there. Or you could always find me online or on social media and I'd be happy to connect you. Uh, I am, of course, a local agent. I was born and raised here in Victoria. I've been selling real estate since 1991. I have seen thousands of transactions and almost every single different scenario you can imagine. I'd be happy to help you as well, too, if you need an opinion or would like uh, to think about, or if you're thinking about buying or selling a home, be happy to chat with you. Today on our show, we'll be having the mayor of Langford, Stu Young. We'll be talking about what's happening in his area, the development process there, and maybe hopefully get his thoughts on new government interventions like the BC speculation tax. But before we do, we're going to have a tip today from one of our sponsors, Carrie Smith from Inspectech. So, Carrie, what's happening out there in the world of inspections? Good morning, Mr. Joe. Another uh, sunny, beautiful day in, uh, in our hometown, Victoria. It's always beautiful. I- I like to tell people being born here that I've actually lived here since before I was born. <laughs> you, me too. Me too. Strictly speaking, true. So uh, I, I tell people I went out to the real, I lived in Edmonton for about five years, uh, 30 years ago. And I tell people today, I went out to the real world once, didn't care for it. Oh. So I scampered back to Victoria, home, Fantasy Island here. And uh, this is, uh, this is where, it's, where I'm standing. You found your way home. You found your way home. So uh, what's happening? What have you seen out there? Uh, any interesting uh, inspections in the past little bit? Well, lots of stuff going on, as always. Uh, Seven billion people live on planet Earth, and they all seem to want to move to Victoria. <laughs> so we have a very, uh, you know, the cliche is active real estate market, very healthy, very active, all that kind of thing. And we are just, uh, you know, extremely busy. Uh, so that's all good business. And um, well, it's, uh, it, it's interesting here. I was going to say that, the, I mean, sales numbers are down. Uh, you know, they have been mm-hmm. for the past couple of months. I, I keep on reminding people that, you know, when we compare to a previously busy year, of course they're going to look down. But, um, mm-hmm. but I mean, people like you have continued to be busy, right? Oh, oh yeah. Um, down means un- unbelievably insane, just normally nuts. Yes. Okay, so you're <laughs> normally nuts right now. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. healthy. Uh, we're, we're busy. But what uh, what has happened that I think is certainly very interesting, and is uh, since your gracious offer to participate in your radio program, I am uh, really pleasantly surprised by the substantial audience. Like you have a lot of people that listen to your program. Well, it's, it's the it's the CFAX listener. There's a lot of support here, right? It is. I just wasn't expecting that. And as you might be aware earlier. Um, we had done a little uh, thank you, Victoria, offer of infrared exams for people's homes where we will happily come out completely free of charge, absolutely not a sales pitch to engage some other kind of service, and do a scan of people's properties and homes just as a uh, thank you for 25 years. This is our 25th year operating in Victoria as InspectTech. And um, it's amazing the calls we've been getting where people would very much like to take us up on our on their offer. 
So, Kerry, uh, for those listening here, uh, why would somebody, well, why would an infrared uh, scan be helpful for a homeowner? Well, the uh, infrared picks up irregularities behind walls and in confined spaces that, are, that you normally wouldn't be able to see. And um, one of the biggest things that happens to any building is related to water, either a plumbing leak or, or stormwater from the outside getting through a roof or a window flashing or, or that kind of thing. And um, you wouldn't know about it until it shows up on the surface. And, you know, things can be leaking for years inside a wall and not know. Mm-hmm. And the infrared will pick that up because the area where the moisture is will be slightly cooler in temperature. And instantly on the scanner, you see this dark, blotchy area, the size and shape of the dam. And, of course, related to moisture in confined spaces is mold problems. Yeah. So, so for, for listeners, and we bump into this on a regular basis, we're, we're homeowners. Now, I'm not talking about if you're thinking of selling or buying, but even if you're just a homeowner, if you've got a question in your mind about, hey, I wonder if this wall is damp or I wonder if there's a leak coming from the bathroom upstairs or something, mm-hmm. then uh, all they got to do is give you a call and um, you've graciously offered to pop on out to our CFAX listeners and uh, do a scan of their home, right? Yeah, it, it takes about 15 to 30 minutes. Um, it's, it's very rewarding to us because we get to, uh, you know, meet face-to-face um, more members of the CFAX audience and our fellow Victorians. It's just a, it's a really fun thing. It's fun work for us because you're not slithering through crawl spaces and doing all the drudgery <laughs> parts of, of building inspections. Yeah. And it's amazing uh, the value because one in four or five houses will find some kind of an incorporated problem, either damp, sometimes pest activity, for you. Well, I, I have to thank you, Carrie, because, you know, we we didn't, this was not something that I had planned. You just offered this. Uh, I know you. I, I've, um, we've had many clients that have used you as well. Uh, and, and I have to say that um, this is this is a great service you're providing. But to the listeners here, if you are partaking uh, in Carrie's infrared service, uh, I, I will say, if you know someone who is thinking of buying a home, uh, maybe your kids or family member or somebody, uh, and they uh, need a building inspector, after Carrie's done this infrared service for you, please consider giving them his name because I'm sure, Carrie, you'd like to take care of them as well too, right? Yeah, a great pleasure indeed. Yes, sir, and uh, freely offered. So anyway, Tony, it's just been a real blast. Um, I look forward to the coming years, and um, great uh, talking to you again. Great. Well, we'll have you back uh, shortly. Thank you. That's Carrie Smith from Inspectech 920-TECH. That's your number, right? Yes, sir, 920-8324-920-TECH. You got it. Great. Thanks for joining us, Carrie. Talk to you soon. So uh, for the rest of the listeners, there's been a change out there in real estate in the province of British Columbia. As of June the 15th of this year, many of you have noticed that the uh, superintendent of real estate has enacted a number of new rules that are required in transacting real estate. 
it has to do a lot with disclosure, first of all. There's a lot more paperwork out there. There is the ban on dual agency. We actually had a couple of guests in our studio here several weeks ago. It was uh, the president of the Real Estate Board, Kyle Kerr, and also uh, manager of Newport Realty, Michael Ziegler, speaking about these changes as they were about to be implemented. And they're in now. So something that I am, uh, I'd like to ask of you, my CFAX listeners here, is have you noticed changes uh, and how have they affected you? Presumably some of you have walked into open houses recently and uh, been bombarded by all this paperwork. I mean, in the old days, when people wanted to look at a house, you just went through an open house, had a look around, met the realtor, met the host. That was all good. But the changes now are that that host agent has to uh, show you a document, which is called the Disclosure of Representation in Trading Services, uh, and ensure that you understand the difference as a consumer between being a client and being somebody who is unrepresented. Even though you're just walking into the house, you have no intention maybe of buying the home, or perhaps you have no intention of engaging in the services of a realtor. This is something that the superintendent of real estate has asked us to do. There's a number of other things as well, too. There's um, There's been changes to 23 forms uh, in the real estate uh, form stable, uh, and the, the practice has really changed as far as timing is concerned because, you know, we could do things really quickly before, but now the Real Estate Council is asking us in the province of BC to slow things down. So before you, uh, when you find a home, before you get into the process of writing an offer, uh, you know, which was an easy process before, now you've got to go through a raft of forms. There's the disclosure of uh, what the brokerage, the uh, listing brokerage will be earning uh, as far as commission is concerned, uh, not on every sale, but on every offer. So when you go through the counter offer stage, uh, there's there's a lot of that as well, too. So if you have any questions, give me a call. But otherwise, like I said, I'd like to hear from you. If you've had experiences, whether they're positive or negative, uh, give us a call. Our phone number is 250-414-6540. That's 250-414-6540. We'll be back in a moment with Mayor Stu Young. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there, thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Today, we have a very special guest in our studio. It is the mayor of Langford, Stu Young. Stu, thanks for coming. Hey, good to be here. Stu, uh, Stu's background here, he has been a counselor in Langford since 1992. That's when Langford was first incorporated, right? Yep. Uh, and you've been the uh, mayor since 1993, so you've gone through, you've gone through seven elections. Seven elections, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Um, so, listen, Stu, there's so much to talk about. I want to get right into it here. Um, before we begin, we're not only uh, for the CFAX listeners here, this is a podcast as well. So, okay. we're going to have a lot of listeners who maybe don't know what Langford is all about. Tell us right. about Langford. G- well, give you us. Know, yes, I've been the mayor there for 25 years, and uh, we've come from a community that uh, wasn't in very good shape financially, you know, in 92, 93, and that's one of the reasons why we incorporated. And uh, so we've just been, you know, on a on a you know a course for the last 25 years to build the economy, create jobs, and you know it's a family community, and we've said that all the way through and through. We want to have recreation, so you know we're we're fairly positive out there. You know we try and do our own promotions and get people to know that this is a great city, and we like investment out there. And uh, we've come a long way in the last 25 years, and I've got a 
a great council. Most of them have been there uh, since the beginning, too, which is unheard of. I mean, we probably have 150 years' experience on the council <laughs> when you add up the, yeah. the years for all of us. So, um, and a great, great community. The residents, you know, they like what they're seeing, that, you know, they're pushing us all the time to be faster and better and get rid of the red tape and bureaucracy. So we just, you know, we're doing our job as best we can as politicians uh, listening to the people and making sure that uh, we get up in the morning and we work hard and uh, make sure that uh, we're doing the hopefully the right things for everybody. Well, we're going to get to this because one of the yep. things that Langford is really known for is the ability to to, to mobilize. Like, you get yep. stuff done, right? Yeah. Well, I have, a, a as I said, a great council, but also a great staff. Most of them have been there for the 25 years as well. We just don't have a, a lot of transition. You know, people are there. They're excited when they come to work, and uh, I think they like the speed of it. You know what I mean? So, And it's okay to kind of go one way, and then one day it just doesn't feel right. Go 180 degrees the other way. Instead of this bureaucracy for eight, months or a year or two to try and figure out what to do. So we have a good relationship with the council and the staff, and they know that, hey, we might come in one day and say this or that, but it's good. It's it's healthy, and it's exciting. You know, that's what makes it exciting. It's like we're running a little business here, and we want to make sure we watch our, you know, our bottom line and the financial part of it, but also provide really good things for our community. And that's what we're there for. You know, we're there to represent the people. And when they tell us what we, you know, they need or do, and we take a consensus and we try and deliver the best service we can at a at a reasonable cost. You know, I, I'm probably a lot like many of our, our listeners here, people who were born and raised in Greater Victoria. And uh, I remember, because I've been in real estate for 27 years, and right. I remember even at the start, um, the West Shore was, I mean, it wasn't even called the West Shore back then, right. but it was uh, it was so far out and, you know, um, it was undeveloped. And when we look now, a lot of people uh, left Victoria, and whenever they come back, they look at the West Shore and say, oh my goodness, the changes here are, it's where the most changes have happened in Greater Victoria, right? Yeah, and, and that was on purpose. I mean, you knew, you know, 25 years ago with the word dog patch and all the things that we were called out there. And you, hey, you basically, you raised a family, you put them through school, and then everybody in your family, your sibling, they left. Yeah. And so that just was a commonplace thing, you know. That's what happened, you know, with probably 70% when I graduated in 78, 70% of the graduates, they left. They had to go somewhere else for a job. A lot of them to Alberta, yeah. you know, because that was booming at that time as well. And there wasn't really a lot going on. So, you know, we had a lot of work in front of us and, you know, and, and hat goes off to the community for supporting us as council for all these years and making changes and doing it fast because we want to get to the top, you know, as fast as you can. You don't want to, you know, quagmire yourself in bureaucracy, as I said, in red tape. And you just need to have a bit of a vision and then go after it. And, mm-hmm. and I, I kind of like to do something like a project every two years, like pick something big mm-hmm. that almost seems unattainable and go do it. And, and you try and get that sort of excitement built, you know. And so that's what I like to do is just kind of set goals and go out and do it. If I sat there for three or four years and did nothing, well, what's the point of being a politician? you got to improve <laughs> the stuff for your community. And obviously you get them on side and, as well. But, you know, the financial part of it is really the impediment to politicians doing a good job. So you can tax the heck out of everybody, or you can partner with business, partner with developers, and make sure that the community as a whole contributes. And that's what we do out there. And that's why we can do things, you know, get things done. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're going to talk about this as well, too, because, you okay. know, tax is something that's that's uh, yep. been big in the news, uh, especially with uh, the, the uh, controls that the provincial government's trying to put into place, right? Yeah. Um, but getting back to, to Lankford and what it has to offer, I mean... Uh, again, when people come from other parts of town, they're they're so interested in 
Langford because of the facilities that you have. Like it's right. it's built for families, it's built for kids, schools, all of these things uh, that we have that we don't see in other areas of town, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, when you have a good population base that's very supportive, and as I said earlier, the residents really like what we're doing out there when they see, you know, new ball fields, new soccer fields, stadiums, arenas, bowling alleys, you know, there's a whole lot of, you know, history and stories behind how we get moving forward. And, you know, when we talk recreation, it was funny, you know, when they said, we're doing ball fields, isn't that? And then somebody put on the cards, it wasn't written out there, we had an open house and we asked people what they wanted and all of a sudden bowling alleys showed up everywhere. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I'm going, okay, that's that 180 degrees. Yeah. You know, okay, the government's Never going this way, before, but hold right? on, yeah, it, it, yeah, building a ball field that's good for, you know, year-round sort of, you know, maybe a couple thousand people would use the facility a month and a bowling alley has like 10,000 people using it. So we thought, well, that's part of recreation. It gets people maybe, you know, all ages and and council decided hey if that's what they want let's just get it for them and then we worked with Brunswick and we put all the deals together and we did that so it's not maybe a normal thing a municipality does but really great to mix in with our recreation center you know you can put your kids in soccer and then the other kid can go bowling and the parents can do this or the grandparents all so in it, the same area it's all in the same area and that's what yeah. we call it city center park for a reason yeah. we kind of put a dot on there there was nothing there yeah. and we said here this is where it's going to go and I said well let's just call it city center park so people know that that's where the city center is and where the activity is and we've built $70, $80 million worth of recreation facilities in the last six or seven years, and it becomes a focal point for our community. And it just got some excitement, got the community together, and everybody's talking with everybody. You're getting off the couch instead of playing those video games that everybody plays for how many years, you know, when yeah. we're going. It's getting people out. But, you know, it's, it's, not, just the, it's not just the residents of Langford because mm. there's a lot of in-town folk that yes. their kids are going out to the play zone, right, because yes. it's there. So yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, the region using the facilities. Right. There. Well, I, I always say to everybody, I like the traffic to come the other way once in a while. So yeah. everybody goes in that traffic jam going into town in the morning and coming back at night. Yeah. And so if you can get the traffic on that highway being utilized both ways, and one of the things to do that is, uh, we you know improved our shopping, improved our you know economy by doing that. Uh, bringing in uh, a lot of businesses and, you know, cut the red tape. Like, I always tell everybody, we're open for business. I like it when I get investment in Langford. Yeah. And I don't care where you're from. Just come on, spend your money because it gives jobs to Langford people and, you know, they can raise their families there. To, you know, great recreation facilities, probably the best in the region that has been built in the last five or ten years. Yeah. And we're going to do more. So it's just, it creates that excitement. It gives us the uh, ability to understand what the needs are and it's really clear. Family-oriented communities have a little different thing, and I don't want to be tied up in red tape and bureaucracy, as I said earlier, and the politics and sitting around talking about stuff. I like to get things done so that I can actually, you know, do things for the people as they, you know, as we grow. I want all my uh, recreation facilities to grow as well, and the services and the infrastructure and everything else that goes with it. Great. We're here with Stu Young, mayor of uh, Langford. Uh, is there a town or a city that inspired you? Like, what? Um, where does this come from? Well, you know... I travel quite a bit, so I always get to see things, you know, what's done, like, you know, in Scottsdale with little brick lock sidewalks, you know, and then, but they had the bricks going across the road for your crosswalks, so the cars would feel a little rumble, and maybe you would slow your community down, and, you know, so I, I, we pulled that from there, and, and uh, we started doing that in our community with the, you know, the red bricks everywhere, and then, yeah. you know, making sure that, you know, there's, like, other places, you know, in California where they had these little towns, 20,000, 30,000 people, but they had these pots with the trees in them and the palm trees, and it just made you feel like you're kind of in this little, 
garden area in the downtown core, which brought people to it. So we wanted to do that on Goldstream, and we kind of took that from there. Yeah. The little archway that says, Welcome to Langford. I took pictures of the one in San Diego where it says, of Hey, course. here's the district yes. there. Yeah, yeah, took yeah. that. I sent it off to the... The old town, whatever. Yeah, the San old Diego. town, yeah. yeah. So it's great. It's an iconic piece. Everybody takes their picture with it. And so we're trying to build for the future of Langford. So when you put these sort of uh, landmarks in there, they become part of promoting Langford and promoting people to come out there, maybe buy a house, live there, and enjoy. So it's more of, uh, you know, it's part of marketing. And, you know, I like to market things. You know, like say if you bring customers out and they spend money in Langford, it's good for the community that we have there and good for the people because those create jobs. So you buy a house in Langford, you want to make sure you have a job locally and that, and that's what's changed out in Langford where we... And you're buying furniture and you're buying yes. uh, home uh, improvement stuff. You're buying, oh, you're going the, to restaurants, you're doing everything. The right? list goes on. You start one sort of... Uh, um, development in one area and then you see what kind of comes with it you know and I always make sure that uh, when we're going higher now with our buildings yeah, and that's a plan you know for the next 10-15 years go into the airspace but underneath it put in the stores so when people are living they come down and have a coffee or they got a pet food store or they got a barber you know so all right those things there. become part of your community and accessibility you don't have to get in your car anymore to walk around Langford downtown you can kind of live in the buildings and you've got lots of opportunity for As you guys have everything there. well we have to take a quick little break uh, we're here with a mayor of Langford Stu Young having a great conversation about Langford and other things we'll be back in just a moment now the whole home show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070 Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show is brought to you in part by Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Services, Modern Mortgage Group, Lori Zorn, insurance manager for Island Savings, and Carrie Smith, home inspector with Inspectech. If you need the opinion of experts in the areas of insurance, mortgages, or building inspection, be sure to look up Carrie, Lori, or Denise. They're great people to chat with. Speaking of great people to chat with, in the studio with me right now is the mayor of Langford, Stu Young. We're talking about what Langford is, what it's all about, uh, and a number of other topics right now as well. Thank you again, uh, Mayor, mayor Stu, for coming. Uh, you've been talking a lot about red tape, and I want to get to that right now because there's always conversation about how Langford gets things happening real quick. Because, uh, you know, for us in real estate, since we're dealing with all the different municipalities, we have people that are asking, well, you know, I want, to, I want a permit for this. I want to do this. I, I want to build that. But it's going to take me 18 months, three years or whatever. Um, what, what is it that you guys have done that have made the process just that much quicker? Well, we pretend we're on the other side of the desk when somebody comes in and wants to spend 10 or $15 million. And then you sit there and drag them through a whole bunch of processes that maybe aren't required or very bureaucratic. And and so what you want to do is if somebody's going to spend that 10 or $15 million, you want affordable housing, then you better make sure that that 10 or $15 million that has been invested in property and all the process, if you take 18 months, take the interest rate on that, you know, in commercial rates, anywhere from 7 to 10%, it could add, you know, uh, $1.5 million to a $15 million project. Which is, ends up... on the, In the cost of buying the... The, the consumer uh, at the end of the, the day. The consumer pays yeah. all those costs. So we know that, and I always tell my staff and everybody, time is money. And remember that. It's not your money, so let's do the best job we can to make sure that their money gets well spent, you know, in our community and make sure that we're not part of the problem, we're part of the process. And we are the process. You know, I mean, we could take as long as we want or... You control that We control that. So politically, the council and, and myself have said, hey, 
we have a service to provide here, and let's make sure it's the best service. Run it like a business. They come into the counter. We have a wide open counter when you walk into City Hall. You can see all the workers. They're all happy doing their jobs and, you know, providing that service. And so we've given the tools for everybody to kind of work together, and we call it partnerships. So if somebody comes to Langford and invests in our town, they buy, you know, a piece of property. They're paying taxes, and they pay, you know, in right a business. Right off the bat. Yeah. Right off the bat. They're paying all the fees. And also businesses pay three times the taxes as a residential uh, development. So those people, we need to make sure that we attract them, we treat them well, and then maybe the word gets out and you'll get other people investing in our town. That's the job creation part of it. So, yeah, red tape and bureaucracy, I like to do. Our, you know, we brought in our 48-hour building permit and everybody says, oh, you can't do it. <laughs> but you, you can. I mean, it's just a matter of, you know, making sure that our we're easy to deal with, our documents are easy, and, and we can help people. So you just don't come to the counter and it sits on a desk and somebody says, well, I'm not going to look at this. They missed a piece of it. Well, our job is to have our staff say, hey, you missed this. Come on in here. Let's help you fill it out. So And, and we built a little uh, how-to book. So if you're in, you know, development and you want to know, you know, how to get a building permit or this or that, we've got a book that says how-to. It's almost like a how-to for dummies book. Yeah. And so we're trying to make sure that we aren't the impediment for investment, and we want to make sure that uh, the cost of doing business is cheaper in Langford from a speed perspective so that you invest and you know you get a decision. The other thing we implemented 23, 24 years ago was basically um, you're going to get a decision at our council. Like, if you're a little bit shy about what you're going to do, then don't put it on the council agenda. I ask everybody on council to make sure that it's a yes or a no that night. So the people coming there, wasting their time, you know, to come out either for or against it, mm-hmm. but we make the decision. So and I always tell people, hey, you're gonna, some people are going to like what we say tonight and some people are going to hate what we did. Yeah. But we're going to make that decision and then move on to the next item. As opposed to other municipalities, we see, oh, you know, we're putting it off for another day or two. There's yeah. like three public hearings and yeah. you're in... 12 hours. Yeah, so what happens is if you know you're going to make a decision and you've done your homework, and if it's on the agenda, we all should have done our homework. And my council and staff, they've been there for so long that we actually know what we're doing. This isn't some sort of, yeah, you know, I'm deciding that night. Well, if you're going to table something, that means you're deciding that night, which is wrong. Do your homework, talk to the people, make sure that... uh, um, the decision is made. If it's on the council agenda, make it. Don't drag it out for another 18 months because you don't want to say yes, but you don't want to look bad and say no, and so you just kind of waste everybody's time. Mm-hmm. Take the pain that night, make the decision, take it on the chin, have broad shoulders, have thick skin, whatever you want to call that, but let's do the right thing and, and move on with the decision. And then get on to another, you know, there's 40,000 yeah. people yes. in Langford. We have to make sure that we don't, you know, get caught up in our own bureaucracy. Yeah. And people want a decision. You know, whether they like it or not, let's get going with that. Just like in business, you make a decision that's good or bad, you, you make the decision. And if it doesn't work, you can always change it later, move it a little bit or tweak the next one. So yeah. it's not the end of the world. We're here uh, in the studio with Mayor Stu Young from Langford talking about the development process. The, uh, you know, again, the the big concern that people have is the timeline and the cost. And like you said, if a developer is buying a piece of land and it's going to take years, I was talking to a colleague of mine who develops, um, one of the biggest developers in Toronto, right. uh, Tridel. They're talking about the fact that from acquisition of the land to when they actually cash out is a 12-year process. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. And how many 12 years do you have in your life, yeah. right? Well, hey, listen, you've got four election cycles right now. So if yeah. you think you're talking to this politician, 12 years later, you're talking to a totally different bunch. Yeah. You could stay in that 
mix for 30 years because, you know, a new council comes in and they might change it. So they say, oh, let's wait. Mm-hmm. Just make the decision, move on, and it's better for the economy. It's better for the people living in your community. And, hey, you got elected. Yeah. You're there to represent the people. Do the best you can. And it doesn't have to be perfect. And when I hire my senior people in Langford, I say it's a 95% rule. I have this little rule that I did 25 years ago. I said, look, I'm not perfect. My staff aren't going to be perfect. And the guy standing at the counter, you know, doing his thing isn't. What we need to do is just to make sure we're kind of all on the same page. If you try and make everything 100%, you know, do that one final thing and you you drag it out for a year and a half or just kind of get into the 95% rule. And if it's, you know, that's a strong commitment, you know, in, in from our community and from the development community and from the business community, try not to, you know, belabor and sit there forever trying to fix this one tiny problem at the expense of common sense. And, and this is the thing, because I've never heard anyone say it's bad to be quick. I mean, yeah. you got the OCP, so you, you know what the community yep. plan is. You know, that's what, that's what council works off of, right? So yep. developers are, 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 are working in alignment with that. But what's wrong with getting things happening sooner? Because you get your um, you'd get the development done sooner. You get people to work quicker. You, you get your taxes coming in from the properties yep. quicker, right? You, yeah, you I get a lot of taxes from businesses and development. Why would I slow that down? I can use that money to build the recreation facilities, fix my roads, put the sidewalks in, put the plantings in. You know, we're we're like a business. I understand what it expenses are. I understand what revenue is. You want to slow down your revenue, your expenses go up, taxes go up. So what you want to do is you want to be making sure that you, a, you have a common sense approach to things too. And, and you want to make sure that you're, um, you don't have to be fast. You just have to be efficient and have rules that everybody understands. And if you want to change the rules... It's the same for everyone, too. It's the same for everyone. So you just sort of make sure that you do your job. You know, if you get tired for two weeks, then put somebody else in that position and let them handle it for you. And don't go away on a three-week holiday or month holiday and say, geez, I'm away. Uh, Come and see me in two months. Like, that should never happen. Everybody works as a team at the city uh, from a council perspective and as well as that. Like, I don't stop a meeting because I'm not there. I'll just put somebody else in place. I've had so many... You know, any one of those people on council can be the mayor of this town. Mm-hmm. We're all that efficient. We're all, we work together as a team and we all know what the job is that we have to do. And that's just, you know, make sure we do the right thing for the people. So quick question here before we yeah. go to a break. Uh, what does Langford look like in 25 years? Well, much about the same. I, you see, you don't want to, you know, rein, you can reinvent the wheel sometimes. We already did that from what we were before. I'm pretty excited in the direction we're going. Uh, businesses are doing very well out there. Hardly any four lease signs. We've we're, we're building so much, uh, uh, um, you know, job space and business space, and, and, and it's exciting out there right now. Um, you know, from a, a business perspective, we're, we're, you know, way ahead of what we were before. We had 3% business tax in 1992. Now I'm over 20%. So when you take that tax base and basically you make that seven times what it was back then. That's a real benefit to our community. And I always watch numbers. So and I you can invest it. You can put it We elsewhere. reinvest it right back into our community. What the development community gives us, we invest right back into the community. We make our community better. And, and fortunately, because we're less bureaucratic than most of them, I think we got 64 employees for 40,000 people. That's unheard of in Canada. Efficient. But I can, you know, use the operational costs. I keep those down, but I actually have extra money to go build the roads, do the recreation facilities, because I'm not eating it up with all operational. So important. We're here talking with Mayor Stu Young from Langford. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll be talking about speculation tax. Okay. Back in a moment. This is The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. 
Thanks for joining us. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We're here with Mayor Stu Young from Langford. Uh, again, uh, Mayor Young, thanks for coming. So uh, a little while ago, uh, we were both, along with 500 other people, uh, in a room uh, at the Roundhouse, uh, and mm-hmm. it was the United Nations uh, Canada, um, spearheaded by Ken Mariash from Focus Equities, uh, and he hosted a number of people talking about uh, the political situation. Right. Um, and I wanted to talk with you about this because you have some very very strong thoughts about this as well, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, and particularly the speculation tax. Right. Yeah. So um, let's just go. What What are your thoughts about this? Well, first off, you know, the speculation tax may uh, work in Vancouver where they have a serious problem. But when you're talking about a municipality that, you know, came from where we came from 25 years ago and in 07, 08, this whole region, everybody lost jobs. The reason why they lost jobs is because they're houses devalued, business started to, um, you know, soften. And and so we don't want to ever get back there. And for the government to create this artificial downturn in an economy, I don't think that they really looked at, you know, what could happen to other people or, you know, the collateral damage that they've created. Um, From a Lankford perspective and purely as the mayor, um, I want to make sure that nobody loses a job in Lankford ever. And I can tell you, uh, when you buy a $600,000 house in Langford, I don't want that to be devalued to $450,000. And this is what has been said by the finance minister and by this government. Devalue the homes and then basically that will make it more affordable. Um, I just don't agree with that. I believe, and I'm very common sense on this, you build more affordable housing. It's supply. You build the supply. If there's 10 people trying to buy three houses, the price of housing goes up. If there's 10 people trying to buy 20 houses, the price is a, you know, it's a buyer's market. You have to create the supply in order to keep stable uh, your economy, create stable for people buying in. And, you know, I'm all about, you know, you know my goal in Langford was to create uh, a family community with affordable housing. And we build more single family homes than anybody. Yeah. We've made sure that over time, and my, my process is very, very quick. This isn't just something I'm going to do now because I need to make it so that the municipalities aren't the, you know, the drag on the system and the process, and they're the ones that are creating the high cost. So we did that 20, 25 years ago. You know, we legalized suites 20 years ago because everybody had a suite, and the government would go knock on your door and say, well, get out. Well, that just hurt somebody, and now they had to sell their house. So mm-hmm. it was a, back then we've always had an affordable housing problem within BC because we've never really built enough housing housing over time because bureaucracy is too slow. I'm going to tell you right now, in Langford, that was one of our problems, you know, 25 years ago, is the bureaucracy under the regional district. It was a CRD, you know, run by a director. It took so long to do anything. People just bypassed Langford. So I had to get out there and say, we're going to be fast. Please, you know, red carpet treatment, come in and invest in Langford. Well, now it seems that everybody is, uh, you know, getting to the point where the province is kind of blaming people and saying, well, it must be those people moving in from Alberta. It must be those Americans coming in. Mm-hmm. They're not buying affordable housing and taking it away from the stock. That's another market. Yeah, It's a totally other market. And yeah. in Langford, I love to have expensive houses because they may come for a little bit, but I charge them four times the taxes of a $500,000, $600,000 house because they actually subsidize my affordable housing stock. Yeah. And I'm able to use those taxes in, you know, better Langford and improve it. Um, so you really want to make sure that you 
look at the collateral damage, and they're not doing that yet. It looks good on paper right now, but I'm a realist, and I've seen, you know, up and down trends in markets, and what goes up will come down and then go up again, and that's just the way it is. There's no way to manage this, and I, and I really don't think it's very smart on the provincial government to do an artificial, you know, uh, downturn in this economy because it downturn in price of houses downturn in the jobs and you'll have more people wanting tax dollars to help them survive and live than you know what you're actually trying to create you know you brought up 2007 2008 and you know i I remember that time i was the president of the victoria real estate board back in 2008 and at that time people would do anything for a buyer right yeah and you know you turn the tables 10 years later and it's all of a sudden people are like well we we don't want these these folks and and I, you know I think it's unfair to say it's foreign buyers. Yep. There's been a lot of mainlanders that have come right. to Victoria and the entire region, right, uh, yep. and started enjoying what Langford, for instance, has to well, offer. Well, listen, if we don't have foreign buyers, I know in 0708 I was on there promoting Langford. I had big seminars, you know, up at Bear Mountain. We'd fill the room with three, four hundred people, and I'd be sitting there telling people, "Hey, please invest. Those are my jobs." I had to individually go to every single developer in Langford and say, "Hey, don't stop your." Your, you know, work on your job site. Can you stay? I will, you know, lower the taxes, lower the fees for permits. Just let's work together as a team. And, uh, you know, we still had a, you know, a 20% downturn in Langford and some other areas, 40, 50, 60% at that time. Yeah. But we had to be part of the solution as well. And so I fought so hard to keep our economy going in Langford. I actually liked attracting, you know, international buyers to land. We never had that before. Yeah. And so rather than raising the taxes of the people that live there, you bring in the foreign investment. You bring in Alberta investment. And we did that. I was part of that. I was saying, hey, come on out. Red carpet treatment we'll in for Let's open for business. Let's go. And, you know, essentially uh, what after uh, the, the uh, downturn in 07, 08, done by the global yep. thing, not by this provincial government or any other provincial government, but... Governments better be very cautious. When you start to manipulate the free market system and bring things down, you'll be the fastest one to the bottom and you'll kill a lot of jobs mm-hmm. when things actually do come down. Because I've always said to people, hey, it'll go up. It'll come down a little bit anyway. You want to speed that downturn in the economy and kill jobs, then artificially as a government, you know, screw up the market system. So I like having foreign investors in Langford spending a lot of money. I like that they come to our golf courses. They come yeah. to our restaurants, our bars, and... You know, it, Langford is, was never known for a destination. It is now known for a destination, mm. you know, and, and so I want to keep that going. So I think to blame, in, you know, foreign investors, blame, um, you know, Albertans, blame Canadians from Toronto that are coming out and buying homes here mm. is a big mistake. I think we should always have an open-door policy for any Canadians and also attract American investment. But, hey, there's more people in Canada seven to one, that have homes in Florida, yeah, yeah, Arizona. Can yeah. you imagine if they those the governments? And yeah. you talk about Trump now, and I don't yeah. hate to get onto that topic, but with the retaliatory uh, stuff going on now and the political rhetoric that's going yeah, on now, it's unhealthy. It's unhealthy. And what's yeah. going to happen now is you're fighting Alberta and you're fighting Americans now. If they want to really hurt Canadians that have worked very hard and maybe they want to retire in a warmer climate because of whatever reason they have, they should have that right. But be very careful what happens to Canadians now in the American market when they find out, you know, Trump gets word of this thing that, hey, we're charging 20% more to to, to, uh, Americans here. He's just going to throw that right back at you. So you got to be careful what you're actually doing and really think this policy through. And I think that the government needs to talk more to the business community and to the people that are in real estate and people that are developers and investing 
because actually they're leaving Langford now, and that's really an unfortunate thing. Well, Those you, t- were the you told people. me a story uh, uh, yep. just outside here about uh, Albertans that are selling. Yeah, so I have a lot of letters now from people in Langford that were from Alberta, Toronto, have sent me letters and said, hey, we're leaving, we're selling our house. Mm-hmm. And so now houses are being sold, uh, you know, in our resort community up at Bear Mountain. From uh, They were from Alberta. They really enjoyed it. I get great letters. They love Langford. They just think it's a great lifestyle. They can go fishing. They do this, And this they have the money, but they're just angry. They're angry now, and they're saying, and don't expect us back. And yeah. now they got this thing where, you know, the one guy said, well, we've got a campaign, and, you know, no Alberta plates in B.C. And so, you know, that's a really unfortunate kind of all these little things that are happening now. People are getting mad yeah. because we're treating other Canadians as, you know, uh, different than uh, what we are in B.C. But you should never really, you know, penalize anybody across Canada. Canadian dollars spent here in Langford should be the same as spending a Canadian dollar in Calgary. Hey, I go to Calgary lots, Calgary Stampede yeah. and things like that. I, I feel really welcome there. And we, we're getting a me- the messaging out of BC now is we're not open for business if you're not BC. Well, you're not going to survive in, in BC without the investment well, from foreign. Well, you know what, going back to that uh, United Nations Canada event, yes. um, that's one thing that Brad Wall said, you know, the, the past premier of Saskatchewan, yes. right? Uh, he said that they did things, but they never tampered with their brand. Right. And this is the thing. I, I think I agree with you here. It, it is it is potentially bad for the province here that our brand, Absolutely. all of a sudden, we're being known for closing yeah. the door. And yeah, not it's not beautiful it. BC anymore. It's just, you know, bring cash to BC, you know. So the, the problem that we have is, is that we've done so much work promoting BC with the Olympic Games and everything else that have come here. And it is beautiful. I mean, everybody wants to live here. I, I don't want to leave ever. Yeah. This is the best place in the world, you know, as far as I'm concerned. You know, living in Langford, having on an island, I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. The thing is, there's other people that want to come here and invest there. And we turn that you know, onto them. I, I think blaming them for the affordable housing crisis is a huge mistake. And to put a speculator's tax on when they're, you know, the government has made a lot of money on speculators and people flipping. They pay a, you know, a property capital gains tax and yeah. a property purchase tax. They've got billions of dollars. The problem is they just chose not to invest that back in housing. They spent it on other things. So what you need to do as a government is if you're going to tax people, um, you know, on speculation, on flipping and on uh, sale of a house, Put it on a capital gain. Do it on the sale of the house. Get the government to take the money from that and actually put it into an affordable housing fund and build housing for people, you know, to to make it affordable. That's never been done. So the problem with it is is all of that money, if you're you're a government and you're making money on the sale of a house, then put that money from the sale of that house. If it's such a crisis, put it into an affordable housing fund and let's get on it. And it hasn't been done for 10 or 15 years. There's a lot of money, billions of dollars been made by provincial governments and the federal government on the sale of a house and the building of a house. Yep. You pay your GST or PST on your products, you're building a house, you uh, sell your house. Each one of those flippers, if they made money, they've already paid this government. They're not telling you that. Mm-hmm. So they've got money. Just put it, if it's such a crisis, into housing and let's build some housing stock because it's supply and demand. Blaming foreigners, blaming uh, Albertans in Toronto that don't even make up 5 or 6% of the yeah. market. Let's get real here. Yeah. The fact of the matter is 95% of the people buying houses here are BC. Yeah. And the rhetoric coming out where it says, well, only 1% of the people affected, it's wrong. Because 60% of the jobs in Langford are based on tradespeople going to work every day. And in the recession in 08, 09, when the housing values plummeted, those people were out of work, 20, 30% unemployment immediately within four or five months. That's right. So you want to see that happen again, then just continue on the course of the speculation tax. I've told this to the Premier, I've told this to, you know, Carol James' office, and I've said, look, why don't you just keep the economy going, keep the jobs going, 
But tax people, when they make money on housing, foreigners and that, don't put a penalty just to come here to invest. They just won't come. And American investment is important, you know, to our economy. They're our biggest trading partner. We got, what, 38 million people. They got 350. Let's do the math. We're going to lose on a trade war. We're going to lose in a lot of ways. So we need to make sure that we're always open for business as a country, as a province, and solve your dispute with Alberta. Get in, you know, (laughs) ramping that up. No more And seeing my, 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 when I fill up my vehicles and my trucks and stuff like that, and I'm paying $1.50, $1.60 a liter, I go to Alberta, it's $1.10. So, you know, we're already paying way more in the fuel, like billions of dollars more uh, uh, BC pays to the average taxpayer in BC than what Alberta does or Washington State. So anyway, those are just, you know, there's so much more that we can talk about. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, and and I know that you, um, you know, the premier very well, you're friends with the premier. Unfortunately, it seems like, you know, his, uh, his plan is a little different from. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, let's just say a few things like, so, you know, I respect, you know, John and I respect this is the government that's in. But there's no reason that people can't speak out and say, hey, we don't have to agree with everything they do. And it's healthy dialogue. And I just hope that they're listening and they do their part to listen to us. I hope that basically we can change the spec tax. I don't want it in Langford at all. I didn't need it in the first place. And I want to have my jobs continue to be, you know, uh, for the people of Langford. You bring in a spec tax and we start losing jobs, then this is not going to work for me and it's not going to work for my community. Um, So I'm just hoping that, you know, the door is always open, that we can dialogue on this thing and we'll start remain friends but we're going to have this you know difference of opinion right now and i'm hoping that you know common sense you know in this thing will prevail in the end and i do not want to lose any jobs over respect tax and i don't want to treat people from the united states or alberta or toronto as different you know than us like we're so the, the policy should be red carpet treatment for anybody like a tourist open coming for right, open for business this the whole province needs to have Thank that you. and that was our that was our brand and let's keep it that way yeah so. don't don't play with the brand don't right? play with the brand thank yeah. you mayor Stu. i really appreciate you coming here okay. i'm sure the listeners enjoy this as well and thank you the listeners we'll be here for you this time next week